is called to connect with the felt needs of people and especially to work against inequality and injustice in society. As different as they seem on the surface, older churches like Willow Creek and Saddleback and many emerging churches basically share this way of relating Christ to culture. The last of the three approaches believes the main problem today is that both the conservative evangelical church and the liberal mainline church have been corrupted by the Constantinian error of seeking to reform the world to be like the church. Instead, the church has become like the world. It is dominated by the political economy of capitalism and liberal democracy. Trying to change the world seduces Christians into conformity to the world in order to get into positions of influence. Trying to be relevant and to meet felt needs only turns the church into another consumer mall. Instead, the church needs to recapture its calling to be an alternative society, a counterculture. It needs to follow Christ outside the camp, identifying with the poor and marginalized. It needs to have rich liturgical worship that shapes Christians into a new society. It should stop trying to bring the kingdom of Christ into the world and simply live as signs of the future kingdom. Christians certainly live in the world and have secular vocations, but in them they should aim to act as good citizens and neighbors like anyone else. They shouldn't try to transform the culture. So who is right? Is the main problem a lack of evangelism? Or is it the failure of Christians to live out their worldview in the cultural institutions? Or is it our inability to connect with non-believers in their own language, to work against injustice, hunger, and poverty? Or is it the thinness and lack of distinctiveness of our own Christian communities? When one takes a view of these models from 30,000 feet, it is not too hard to realize why they all have so many adherents. Each one is onto something extremely important. Their biggest weakness, however, is that they tend to define themselves against each other instead of against the world. This means that, for all their strengths and insights, none of them seems to be able to see the strengths in the other approaches. This leads to imbalances and overreaching. What I love about Tullian's book is that he implicitly critiques all of these approaches, not by directly trying to refute them, but by selecting the strengths of each approach explaining and illustrating each one in ways easy to grasp, and then showing how, at a congregational level, they can be woven together into a coherent whole. Here, you will learn how we must contextualize, how we Christians should be as active in Hollywood, Wall Street, Greenwich Village, and Harvard Square as in the halls of Washington, D.C. And yet, there are ringing calls to form a distinct, thick Christian counterculture as perhaps the ultimate witness to the presence of the future, the coming of the kingdom. Tullian gives us a great example of how the emphases I've described can be combined in a local church in our own cultural moment. Read it carefully, and you will profit greatly. Timothy Keller, Senior Pastor of Redeemer Presbyterian Church, New York City, and author of The Reason for God. Are You Unfashionable? This is a serious book about a topic that Christ followers need to take seriously if they're going to make a serious difference in the world. So I thought it would be fun to begin with something not so serious. A David Letterman-style top ten list that will hopefully, in an uncomfortably fun sort of way, 
help you understand what I mean by the term unfashionable. You may be too fashionable if... Number 10. You can look around at church and notice that everybody is basically the same age as you are, and that they look and dress pretty much like you do. 9. You think it's very uncool to sing a worship song that was in five years ago, much less sing a hymn from another century. 8. It's been a long time since you disagreed with anything said by Oprah. Number 7. You've attended a leadership conference where you learn more about organization and props, structural renovation, than proclamation and prayer, spiritual reformation. Number 6. Your goal in spending time with non-Christians is to demonstrate that you're really no different than they are, and to prove this, you curse like a sailor, drink like a fish, and smoke like a chimney. Number 5. You've concluded that everything new is better than anything old, or that everything old is better than anything.